Greetings and welcome to another Battleground PA podcast. This is Joyce Davis, Pen Lives opinion editor and host of Battleground PA. And we have got big news today after a stunning Super Tuesday. I'm about to get jump out of the chair. We've got our regular analysts, Democrats Rochette Harris and Republican Jeffrey Lord, who I'm sure both of them will have a lot to say about just what happened and why on Super Tuesday. But we'll also spend a little time talking about the coronavirus and its potential impact on the political fray. So stay tuned. We'll be back in just a moment to start our conversation. This is Battleground EA, a pen live podcast discussing the issues that matter to Pennsylvanians and documenting the events in our state that will shape the battle for your vote in the 2020 presidential elections. We're back and ready to go. If you would like to join the conversation, you can do so at Battleground PA on Twitter and Facebook, and you can send us an email at topics at battlegroundpa.org. So let's get started. Rajette and Jeffrey, welcome once again. How are you guys doing today? Good. 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 We're awake. Good. <laughs> We're awake. Are you awake after staying up so late last night? <laughs> yes. That's the thing. <laughs> we need to get used to this all year long. I think yes. we do. I think we do. But okay, let's let's get right in. Man, was it a night. I mean, all I can say is wow. So Here's how we're going to do this. I know Rajette wants to give us this big overview of what happened, why, and are you happy, Rajette, or are your Democrats happy, or what's happening? Well, first, I think we all can agree that the polls were wrong, and we need to stop predicting. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go again. Right. Yep. The polls were definitely wrong, but I compared last night to 2016, and the results were almost identical, with the exception of Minnesota and Oklahoma. Joe Biden actually won the same states that Hillary Clinton did. And Hillary Clinton also won Texas. Mm-hmm. I think we need to just be a little cautious when we look at what the turnout was. I was excited about Virginia because the turnout was the highest ever. Well, I'm and hearing we in a lot of places need, it was high, right? We're going to need that high turnout yeah. to yeah. win. Yeah. One of Bernie Sanders' problems, and again, the polls were incorrect. People under the age of 25 did not put down their Twitter and their Facebook okay. and go out and vote. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. <laughs> more Young older people. voters did vote. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as we know, they prefer uh, Joe Biden. Yeah. So that yeah. was interesting as well. South Carolina, I do think, helped give Joe Biden that momentum with the Congressman and, and Clyburn. About, yeah, one but, person. But <laughs> at the same time, credit. I don't think it was all him. I mm-hmm. do think the polls were wrong mm-hmm. and that Joe Biden wasn't as, quote, dead as people thought he was. Okay. But he could not have done it without the black vote. Well, that's right. Okay. Jeffrey, you right. heard all of this. What do you disagree right. With. <laughs> what do I disagree with? Well, I, let me start with what I agree with. Okay. I, I mean, the, the business of the polls. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I, I just think particularly when we get to a fall situation, I think we have to be extremely careful. I mean, frankly, at this point, I've just lost. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think <laughs> all, it is about the poll? Do you think it's the questions they're asking they're not really getting? Or are people just lying? Are people just not telling uh, yeah, them? Yeah, I think in some cases, a lot of cases, people just don't want to say, mm. particularly when Donald Trump is, you know, on the question there, because, you know, this atmosphere we live in where, you know, you wear a red hat and people come after you. I think that they just want to keep to themselves and not say. Mm-hmm. So I think that we just have to keep in mind that 
take these polls. With so we're going to dis- we're just going to dismiss. Well, and who poll. are they polling? I well, always right. said I've exactly. never been polled yeah. in my entire life, and I would right. be considered a quote super voter. Mm-hmm. Who are they speaking to? Right, right. I've been polled once actually. This was a couple years ago, but yeah, yeah. So I I just think that's sort of number one. Uh, number two, I, I think Rosette is absolutely right. The black vote plays a role here. Now, not for nothing, has President Trump really zeroed in on this? And all he really needs to do is peel off, what, one, two, three, four percent of the black vote. And that, I think, is a serious well, let's, let's talk serious about the, the black vote. Right? Let's stop right here, because honestly, I do think there was a generational divide amongst uh, black voters. So I do think that the younger people were more likely or are more willing to go crazy with with Bernie and the older ones, right. you know, the grayer hair say, let's stop to think about this thing here. And and they are, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Rajat, associating Biden with Obama redux. Bring back at least Obama will once again be honored in the White House. Is that having any part in this? I think that has a part in it. And I also think when you get endorsements like from Congressman Clyburn, individuals that the black community trust, mm-hmm. that also helps as well. I have this poll here from the AP, and what's interesting is even Bloomberg did better with the black vote than uh, Sanders did. Hmm. But Sanders does very well with the Hispanic vote. Mm-hmm. But to win a primary, obviously it's not enough to necessarily win a general election, but you cannot win a primary without a large section of the African-American vote, which was Sanders' problem back in 2016. And he hasn't been able to expand on that. Well, what about Jeffrey's point that all President Trump has to do is peel off a few black voters, which, I mean, black people aren't, you know, monolithic. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. That happened in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. The black turnout for Hillary Clinton wasn't as large as it was for President Obama and Trump won Pennsylvania. How do you see Trump would eat into Biden's lock hole on on black voters? And and I'm I'm going to assume at some point Obama's got to come out and support somebody in the Democratic Party. Policy. I mean, for instance... Uh, criminal justice reform. And, and I can tell you, you know, I, as you know, I was at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, this uh, last week. One of the stars was Alice Marie mm-hmm. Johnson, who just gave a knock him out of the park speech explaining her situation and how President Trump came to her rescue, et cetera. Holy cow, if she's out there on that trail, as she apparently intends to be, that's going to have, I think, an impact on all So how's of this. Biden going to counter that? I mean, do you think he'll have his own, uh, Rajat, his own um, prison reform or, or criminal justice reform package to offer black voters? Well, they did vote the one in last year, which was a bipartisan bill that he can also cite. Help, yeah. Um, but I think also it's going to be based on the entire slate. For example, here in Pennsylvania, the Republican Party is going to have an African-American um, on the ballot for statewide office in Tim DeFlore uh, for Auditor General. We have a contested primary in that race, so we, we're not sure what our race is going to be. And he's from here in Dauphin County. So will African-Americans vote for him and then therefore maybe be open to other Republican voters? Interesting. Um, yeah. So, you know, the diversity of the entire slates could also play a role in that as well. So let's talk about, I mean, we know, am I wrong to say it was a Biden blowout? I mean, am I wrong? Okay. I wouldn't say that. Okay. Yeah, Only I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that mostly because he did win California. Now, we won't know what those. Well, we don't he, know he yet, burned, right? No. We don't know. I'm sorry. Bernie won California. We don't know yet. No, he called. They called it for him. Okay. All right. Um, so we you, just don't know how big he won it by. So okay. we don't know what delegates he will get. Okay. Um. So. But this Biden won Texas, even, which, which is. Now, now, the other thing. But is remember the, what I said. So did Hillary Clinton. So to me, right. that's not. 
necessarily a surprise because Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton are similar as far as their political philosophy. You, you have to – when you looked at some of these, he, he won a, a number of southern states. And with the possible exception of Virginia, I don't think there is one of them that he or any Democrat is going to carry – in November. So they should cheer now, but that's it, right? Right. I mean, <laughs> right. but it was important in, in an intra-party or, or inter-party situation. It's a whole different ball game. I mean, when you look, for instance, that, that Joe Biden lost California, if he's the nominee, he's not going to lose California, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If he's the nominee, he is going to lose Alabama. But like Minnesota, that could be a toss-up. Yeah. Oh, it is. It is. Absolutely. But, uh, but that's one of the states from last night. But, yes. but let me ask you guys this. The idea out there, I think, among people is that Biden has a better chance. You were talking about peeling off black voters for Trump, but he has a better chance to peel off the working class voter, be they Republican or Democrat. Right or wrong? But he hasn't proven that, though. Think about it. He didn't start winning and doing well until he got into more diverse states. Mm -hmm. He proves he can win the black vote. But can he win those other votes? I thought I saw some analysis. I'm not going to put my neck on it that said they he was doing better biden i'm talking about was doing better amongst working class people than they had expected i mean he was pulling in working class votes am i wrong about that i'm, I'm happy to he, be wrong. he may he may have some but I, mm-hmm. I i just think this uh you know working class joe routine is overstated i mean that when you come down to it the fact of the matter is he's been a professional politician his entire adult life i mean for to the what was it the newer delaware city council to the U.S. Senate and ever after. To vice president. Uh, yeah, yeah, the vice right. president. And, and maybe president. And, <laughs> and, and one of the things mm-hmm. underlying, as I can attest from CPAC, underlying this, if you will, rebellion, is this absolute fury at conventional politicians of both parties. It didn't make any difference whether your name is Biden or Romney and that they are the, the status quo and, you know, the swamp and, I mean, all the whole nine yards there. And I think, you know, in a one-on-one with Donald Trump, that's going to be a real problem for him. Not to mention his own, and I always feel a little uncomfortable discussing this, but his confusion problems, which seem to appear with increasing frequency. So him and Trump have that in common then. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. You know, I will say this, though. I'm with you on the computer, but... I think they're starting to try to use that as a strength, as a connection to people, to voters. Well, he's who aren't relatable. Perfect. You know, he's I relatable. Mean, when, he, when he did the background on his battle with stuttering, I think that probably softened a lot of hearts. A lot of people so aren't perfect, you know? So the new Biden slogan is, he's confused, but so are you. Vote Biden. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he's like us, confused. <laughs> but, you know, I think we also need to bring up that the Democratic Party has not won the white vote since, what, the 1960s? One thing that Biden did prove last night is he can bring together that Obama coalition, which is what's going to be needed for us to win in November. We just need a high turnout of those votes. And Bernie wouldn't do that, you don't think, would be able to pull together that Obama coalition. You don't think so? Well, he hasn't proven that. He has the same coalition that he had in 2016. With that said, if he's the nominee, obviously a lot of Democrats would support him. But I think part of his problem is he looks at the Democrat Party as an enemy, him and his supporters, and not as a constituency. And that's a huge issue. For example, uh, Kamala Harris and a lot of them did sign on to his Medicare for All bill. But because they differed on a couple policy points, you know, they're horrible people. You know, we can't have these purity tests. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know it, 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 it seems one of the thoughts I had last night 
was that, I mean, this is coming down to a two-man race. And it seemed to me to draw on two previous Democratic nominees, this was like pitting George McGovern against Walter Mondale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Neither of, right, whom, yeah. neither of whom wound up doing well yep. in the fall. I mean, one was Mr. Establishment, that was Walter Mondale, and the other was like Bernie Sanders, you know, a serious left-wing guy with an army of young people who were just passionate about him. And that problem within the Democratic Party is not yet resolved. And how it will resolve itself, I honestly don't know. One thing I will say, though, about Bernie Sanders is he offers a vision, a new vision, a path forward. Whether you agree with it or not, whether or not you think it's plausible or not, he offers a vision. I think one of the issues uh, Joe Biden's going to have is a lot of people don't want to go backwards. A lot of people love and adore President Obama, and they like the Affordable Care Act and a lot of what he did. But still, we want to move forward from that. Yes. Well, I, so I think That's the Democrat Party right. is going to have to put together a platform to to move forward. Well, that's one of the weaknesses too. Biden's platform. He's not been heavy on, you know, here's the policies that I'm going to brand. Here's my strategy and all that. And yet I did hear some things. I mean, it's clearly he's going to support Obamacare. That's going to be some sort of right. revamping or but but building on that. He talked about DACA. That's going to li- I mean, a lot of Latinos are going to listen to the DACA statements. Right. He did talk about basically being someone who's working for the working person that, you know, that, but, but there's nothing clear there. And he's not yet speaking to young people, right? I don't hear Biden speaking directly to college debt and the future of the workplace and all of that, you know, but is Trump, is Trump speaking to those, those issues as well amongst young people? No. Yeah. yeah well. <laughs> <laughs> we disagree. Oh, no. <laughs> So you think he is, you think he isn't. I, I haven't heard. What, what's his position on college tuition and college debt? What is he going to do about it? You know, in, in truth, I have to tell you, I, I don't know that one. I, but I will tell you Because again, he's not from, speaking from, to from, it. From CPAC, that place was loaded. I think 50% of the people there were millennials or younger. Mm-hmm. I, and, Generation Z, right? Oh, my there. God. And they were, were they enthusiastic for him? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was beyond belief. As enthusiastic as it's Bernie's crowd, the Bernie bros yes. are? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Absolutely they were. And so I just, you know, I just think that that's a factor out there. Then then when you're done, Rochette, I have a whole nother take here okay. on something. Uh-oh. Let's talk about the Democratic Party because- uh, it was very dramatic that we saw that uh, James Carville saluted Clyburn for saving the Democratic Party. Yes. So is the Democratic Party saved <laughs> first? I mean, is this really the salvation, Joe Biden stepping up? And and should it really? You were saying you don't really think that Clyburn did it. But, I mean, he did no, start the I, momentum. I didn't, I didn't say he didn't do it. I mm-hmm. do think, obviously, I don't think that Biden would have won South Carolina that largely without him. Right. But I'm not going to say he caused Texas and yeah, Massachusetts well, and Minnesota right. and all that. He gave him that momentum that he needed. But I also think the polls were wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, regarding the Democratic Party, what was your question? Wh- whether it's been saved. Has it been saved, as James Carville said? by There's a lot of people within the party. And again, because Bernie Sanders and his supporters treat the party as enemies, yeah. that were, they were concerned about him being at the top of the ballot and how he would affect the down-ballot races. You know, we're going to take a break here, but when we come back, we're going to let Jeffrey tell us what his other take is on something. But we've got to <laughs> talk we got to talk about what this means for the other candidates. I mean, right. you know, two of them, you know, sa- sacrifice themselves. Can I just say one more yep. thing? Um, I do think that 
um, like uh, Mayor Pete, uh, Amy Klobuchar, even Better Work helped Biden in Texas. That's why we're going to come I back. Think, okay. We're going to come back, and that's <laughs> what we're going to talk about. And then we'll turn our attention for a little bit to the coronavirus. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back, and we've had quite a scintillating conversation about Super Tuesday. If you'd like to join us, uh, you can do so at Topics at Battleground PA, or you can join us at Battleground PA on Twitter and Facebook. So here we go. We were going to take a look first at talking about what this means for the other ca- oh no but Jeffrey wanted to have a take on something Jeffrey what was well, your one, what? Uh, nobody is saying this but me I okay should, I should oh this I is should, a Jeffrey exclusive uh, I, all right I should tell you this but if you recall when Joe Biden had that press conference the other day with Beto O'Rourke and and Amy Klobuchar and Buttigieg Beto endorsed him and Joe promised that he would put him in charge of gun policy if elected here comes the problem 18 U.S. Code, Section 599, promise of appointment by candidate. Whoever, (laughs) being a candidate, directly or indirectly promises or pledges the appointment or the use of his influence or support for the appointment of any person to any public or private position or employment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, fine and jail time. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. And all I'm saying is in in an era in which we literally impeached the president for a phone call to the president of Ukraine, if by chance Joe Biden wins, that could out. be a problem. That could be a problem. The Republicans will go after him. Yeah. Okay. And we will be united once again in love in America. Yes, we so, will. I was about to say <laughs> yeah, because ahead. we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to blind them all up <laughs> if we're going to enforce Quid pro, that. Pro Joe. <laughs> okay. So let's talk now about, you know, clearly Amy. Beto, they they felt they should, you know, sacrifice their campaign, sacrifice themselves and and just get behind Joe. Warren hasn't done that yet. We don't know what Bloomberg will will do, but he's basically said he's reconsidering. What does this mean for those other candidates? What what should they be doing? What does the Democratic Party want them to do now, Roger? Well, you know, the party decided that they wanted to, you know, bring together that moderate vote. And a couple of the candidates got that magical phone call and um they decided to put their support or at least they were encouraged mm-hmm. <laughs> to put their support behind Biden and I also think that helped a lot because if you're really supporting a candidate and they drop out um not everyone but I do think a lot will support the candidate that they asked them to on their behalf. Now, now Jeffrey even after even after Trump was clearly the winner there was a lot of um you had to uni- unify the party. It took him right. a while. So right. I do see the Democratic Party, especially because they're such passionate people with Bernie. I mean, they didn't want to support right. Clinton before. So I don't know. Here's the, what are you t- here's yeah. the interesting problem. I, I mean, I think Rochette is 100% right about what happened here is that the moderates rallied and there were phone calls and said, you know, get out and support Uncle Joe and all that kind of thing. And they did. There's a similar problem. On the Bernie side, who is it that ran third in her own home state? Right, and right. that was Elizabeth Warren. That's a little humiliating, and, I think, right? And I mean, she is the only one in the race that is seen as uh, roughly aligned with Bernie Sanders. Is there anybody on that side who can say to Elizabeth Warren, okay, you've had your shot, it isn't working, you're detracting from Bernie, and you're taking votes from him, get out? 
I don't know that there is that person. Well, also because you got the 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 female issue here. I mean, I I don't want to see her being pushed around, right? I mean, that this is the thing. I mean, that that could hurt. I mean, just it has pra- to be just her. Just practically yet. speaking, if right. you're a sitting United States senator and you can't carry your own state, you, and not only that, you come in third. I mean, that pretty much makes you yeah. toast in this situation. But this whole progressive business is at play in there and you would think that Bernie Sanders would be on the phone saying Liz yeah, yeah. So help me it's going to come down to money too um, mm-hmm. I'm yes. assuming mm-hmm. her money's going to really start drying up after last night right right. right. so is this a potential VP candidate who Elizabeth yeah or does he or I no. mean as 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 Biden, let's say it's Biden as Biden's looking around is she but no you don't think so no I don't mm-hmm. either besides we don't want to lose her in the Senate okay you know okay. I, I mean I think he would be much more inclined to go with uh, Amy Klobuchar mm-hmm. or Pete mm-hmm. or Kamala Harris uh, I don't think she's I don't think Elizabeth Warren is in the running for that. I do want to say, though, that if um, – I actually don't think this is over. I think we have a long way to go. Yes, right. Um, this is a delegate fight, not a, you know, right. who wins the most most right, states. Right. But I will say this. If Joe Biden does get the nomination, it is due to the black vote. And I think he really needs to look at qualified candidates of color mm. when it comes to choosing his vice president uh, So who would be some nominee? of the time? We would mention Kamala. Who else would be? Booker, I guess, might be a potential. Uh, who who would those those African-American potential VP candidates be? Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot out there. There's a lot. There's a few out there. Um, but at the, when you think at the top. Who and it doesn't you... have to be someone currently in, in Congress uh, or Senate. Um, uh-huh. As I, I keep saying, you know, one of my goals is to try to take the Senate. Mm. So we need to be careful where, where we will take our senators from um, because we don't want to lose that seat. Who do you, you think do. would get who, who do you think would give uh, Trump the, the greatest heart palpitations? What what kind of ticket there? Well, I think in the current lay of the land, Amy Klobuchar be, mm. precisely because she's from Minnesota. I see. I mean, if you put Kamala Harris on there, what does she bring to the table? She's a senator from California, which he's probably going to carry anyway. But she might keep. But she brings. Uh, she brings black voters. She brings more younger voters. I'm looking more at the basis, not necessarily the state they're from. Because remember, uh, when Barack Obama picked Biden, he was from Delaware. But he was looking at his. He needed someone right. older. He needed someone experienced. He needed someone with foreign policy experience. Biden needs to look at what he's missing. And obviously, we know he needs to choose someone younger. Um, but what but areas? And another thing, I think Biden will need someone more progressive. Remember, even if we need Bernie Sanders voters, we can't win with just the, but without, can't, without but them. But Bernie wouldn't be a VP candidate. I mean, I don't no. see that. I mean, he just doesn't get <laughs> no. along. With, he doesn't play in the sandbox. With us, right. Right. Well, I mean, to, and, and to your point. Well, he can uh, do more as a senator, too, mm, if yeah. we want to be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to to your point, you don't want to have somebody on your ticket that isn't going to be able to carry their weight. You need a, for the lack of a better term, Biden-esque thing. And, and, and somebody that can be a contrast to him, maybe, but somebody who's not going to stumble on the campaign trail because they're a novice at this. And, and one of the things, for better or worse, that happens when you run for president, as all of these people now have, is they've learned a bit of the ropes, what to do and what not to do. And I think any of them would not embarrass Joe Biden mm-hmm. out there. Have we heard any response from Trump yet? How is he taking this? I mean, I know 
Biden wasn't his favorite candidate, but uh, how was he in any response? Any tw- tweets out there? I haven't seen any, but <laughs> mm-hmm. I can imagine them. Sleepy Joe. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, and, and it will come forth. Well, and there. Rush Limbaugh was, they came up with the new one. They were calling him Plugs. Plugs. Oh, that's not new. Do you know where that comes from? I, I can tell you. Once upon a time uh, in his youth uh, as a senator, Joe Biden had a fuller head of hair. And it was thinning out. Oh, goodness. And, and he got a hair transplant with plugs. And you could see all these <laughs> dots in his head. And so Rush started calling him plugs. This was decades ago. Oh, goodness. That's how childish we can be. Yeah. <laughs> really? All right. I all only right, know guys. that because I'm older than you. <laughs> all right. So, so far, we don't know how Trump is reacting. But we know that uh, there are the guys out there that are throwing, uh, hurling some insults out there. All right. So God bless American politics. <laughs> right. So there is some concern that Trump might dump his VP for someone who might be a little bit more attractive. Uh, have you heard that, Jeffrey? Come on, tell me, can, tell me what's going on there. I that can, would be interesting. I can tell you an inside story. Okay, please. We want to hear the inside story because you're the one who was just uh, had oh, well, a first, shout out from President Trump first the of other all, day. I, I know the vice president a bit, mm-hmm. and I can tell you there, to, to borrow a, an old phrase, tight as ticks. They like each other enormously. I don't think there's a prayer of this. But in the way of the media, my old friend and CNN colleague and former Bill Clinton aide Paul Begala said the other day on CNN that he thought that Donald Trump was going to dump Mike Pence and replace him with Nikki Haley. Yesterday on his radio show, Sean Hannity, also my friend, mentioned this and said, I'll take that bet if anyone knows Begala will have a bet. So I immediately got in touch with Paul, told him, since I assumed he was not listening, told him this, and Paul immediately came back, and uh, there is now a bet with a a dollar figure involved for a charity of their individual choice about whether this will happen. Well, we'll be watching that, but I And I would say it's not going to happen. Okay. All right. We'll be watching that. Hey, we're going to revisit that. Yes. And and if you're wrong, boy, we're going to let you have it. (laughs) Okay. Mr. President, don't saw it <laughs> off behind me. <laughs> All right, so let's 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 have a little bit of a discussion though now about uh, something a little bit more serious. Not that what we're talking about wasn't serious, but the coronavirus. Um, we we keep getting reports of uh, increased deaths even in the United States. Now we don't have a report here in Pennsylvania yet, right? But I'm wondering if you're thinking about this. If you're thinking this might in some ways impact, first of all. Uh, just people coming out to campaign rallies. And right. and what impact do you see this could possibly have on, on the elections? You want to start, Jeffrey? I, I think it's too soon to say. I mean, we're, I mean, this is March. We have no idea what's going to happen. If this were, you know, some full-fledged thing in November, that would be different. You know, the, the whole issue of it being politicized, which it certainly has been, uh, which I think is not good, is going to be an issue, too, if this keeps Well, the, on. the reason it's it's been politicized, I think, a little is because people are concerned about whether, you know, the right people are in charge, whether well, the me, right things have a, been done. Let me just give you an example of this. Uh, and I talked about this on, on the Hannity TV show the other night. On January 31st, President Trump announced that he was uh, instituting travel restrictions from China. And he was promptly attacked for being a racist, among others, by Joe Biden, I believe. CNN ran a story that this was going to backfire, et cetera. And then eventually we get to the point where they're saying, 
you know, you should have travel restrictions. Yeah, now we have them <laughs> on they, the run. We they, have a, they know, completely yeah. reverse them. I right. mean, it's just common sense sure. when you have a situation like that. And I, I can tell you, I saw a, a lengthy story yesterday on the Spanish flu from 1918. My great-grandfather died yeah, in the Spanish flu. Yeah, you shared flu. that with us before. You know, yeah. so, 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 but, but that's my we concern. Have to be if we, careful if about we this. see people start dying, they, uh, it's just human reaction that they're going right. to criticize the people who they thought should have had. Right. Roger, what are you, how are you seeing this as uh, playing out in, on politics? I think it's going to bring the health care debate back in the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard Bernie Sanders already bring it up that if we had Medicare for all, that individuals who felt as though they were getting symptoms um, would be able to go get the care that they need. So I think it's definitely going to bring the health care debate because people are concerned. And even though um, they keep telling us, you know, depending on your age group, do you have um, any pre-existing conditions? It seems to be mild if you're, you tend to be younger, but if you already have like an underlying illness or you're older, that seems to be where the issues, the issues are. But you're right. Um, just going to the grocery store. I was at the grocery store yesterday and they had those uh, sanitation wipes for people with the yeah. carts and things like that. Yeah. It's on everyone's mind. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But Pay no attention to the fact that I'm sitting here wrapped in saran wrap. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering what that was about. <laughs> okay. Well, but- thank you for protecting us. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. The communications. Have we been getting the right information? And, and I, I do think it's hard to criticize when people don't really know what's, what, what's going on. But part of the criticism has been that the administration hasn't been clear and basically all on the same page, you know, with, with the I, I mean, when you see, when you see, and I don't know him, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who, who they said he'd been muzzled. He said, I've never been muzzled. He said, I've been doing this since the Reagan administration. And he has. They have all these people. I saw a, a photograph of, of uh, the president in the cabinet room with all sorts of people and somebody out there had gone and put not a doctor, not a doctor, not a doctor. Well, no, they were pharmaceutical executives, and they were there to talk about the, the, the drugs, development yeah, of the vaccine right, right, for it. Right, right. So I just think that this gets overblown, and it's not helpful. But but that wasn't helpful also when the president tried to basically calm people. I get wanting to calm them, but you can't calm them with wrong information. Well, you shouldn't call things a hoax either. Uh, um, and then also uh, with the vaccine situation, I think they said it takes over about a year and a half. Well, that's, that's the, that was the thing, yeah, that, they, that it's going to be at least months before you actually can get something. Well, let me go to the hoax thing. It. The president was accused of calling the virus a hoax, which he most assuredly did not. All you have to do is listen to him. What he was saying was that this was the latest, quote unquote, hoax in terms of People using this as an issue, like Trump-Russia collusion or the whole Ukraine phone call. A hoax to get at ho- him. A hoax okay. to get at him. Okay. He but most surely did though. not say that the virus was a hoax. And there were a number of people in the media and in the Democratic Party who ex- insisted that that was the case. And there's the videotape. You know? Okay. All right. Well, words matter, though. And going back early in the podcast when you brought up about Joe Biden and his choice of words sometimes, you know, the president needs to watch his as well. And when people are getting sick, they're dying, um, you just can't use language like that. It, it, it matters. I think the real issue we're looking at here, I, I don't see anyone predicting that this is just going to go away, except the president at one point said when the weather gets warmer, it, you know, it'll just disappear. 
I, I mean, he's being told these things by serious medical experts. Well, so. then he needs to examine who his medical advisors are, because most of the people are saying, look, it was warm climate where it started. I mean, when it said so. But the point and we've that, had a mild winter, too. And the point I'm trying to make is that if we see this thing getting bigger and bigger, there's going to be criticism or at least a discussion about how well it's been handled. Well, not only but not only at the federal level, at the state level as well. Right. But. Go will, ahead. will there be? I mean, let's just re- and I think there will be because it's Donald Trump. But let's just recall that. Of course, when, if it were Obama, it would be too. Well, <laughs> it, it was different. I mm-hmm. mean, the swine flu appeared. A thousand people died of the swine flu. But the question was whether. And then, only then, did the Obama Biden administration declare a state of emergency? Mm-hmm. Uh, hello. So you think they could have done more? But I don't recall that there were erroneous statements made and that there were... And part of the problem is that the actual offices... I mean, tell me about that. The actual agencies have been depleted. I mean, that's what's that's what's being no. reported. So wrong, go ahead. Wrong, Explain wrong, that, wrong, Jeffrey. Wrong. What, what they did with the CDC is the bureaucracy, the administrative bureaucracy, and shifted resources to the infectious disease section of the so agency. they actually strengthened so what they was strengthened needed it. not right, decreased right. it all right well, i that's, mean just the fraud right. waste and abuse thing that you know republicans right. are frequently on all agencies across the government but you have to know where to do it i mean you do this in the defense department but you don't take out nuclear missiles right right, right. go ahead Bridgette, my main concern is just individuals who have symptoms that they're able to get checked out be tested right. and well, get i think the that's care changed that now they're not restricting testing anymore i think the last thing we saw is that everybody can get tested the uh, time period has been shortened to get the results so all of those are good things but some people are wondering if it's too late if it's and I mean I hope it just we're wrong, distur- but, it just yeah. disturbs me that when people in the, and I understand they don't like Donald Trump that's fine but in a situation like this don't play politics with it this is not something to be weaponized this is to be dealt with uh, you know I, I can't say it any plainer than that uh, you know we can get into the ping pong of political discussions here why wasn't Congress dealing with this because they were too busy dealing with impeachment? I, we get down that road. I just don't think that's helpful. It needs to be dealt with, but I think also that it shows that our healthcare system needs to be reexamined. Well, the one thing that I that I would say people will be looking at if somebody is sick next to you, they really need to be able to get well. I mean, yes, there needs to be absolutely. the resources well, and given. And that brings to- up something too: some people can't afford to stay home from work because oh, if they well, do, they won't be able to go back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. There needs to be something coming from Washington, probably from the president, telling employers, "Listen, you have to cooperate too. You cannot penalize people when they stay home. You have to provide a way that we can keep this thing from spreading." That's the kind of galvanizing leadership. I think people will be looking for it. And I think they're going to hold the president responsible if he doesn't show it. I mean, am I wrong? Am I wrong, Jeffrey? You think he will show it? No, of well, I think he yeah. will show it. Okay. I mean, this is exactly the kind of thing he is very good at doing. So I think he will show it. But I do think that there's enough people in the media out there that just hate his guts that if he, he should said, work on that. If he, if he said, <laughs> he if he said the sky is blue, they would insist it's totally cloudy and it's pouring rain just because they don't like him.
I hear you. I hear you. But I will say this, that uh, leaders know that if there's a problem in relationships, they should get to do something about it, not sure. blame other people. And being but, unliked in the leadership, it comes with the territory. Everyone's not going to like you. No, and it, uh, you're, you're right. In this thing, there's going to be polar. Everybody didn't like Obama. Everybody's not going to like Biden. The media and everybody. liked Obama. <laughs> some, some, the some of the media. Some of the media. <laughs> Remember, even the media is polarized these days. But yes. it's been you, it has been great having this discussion with you. Of course, we will revisit these issues. I think uh, we still have a lot more. As you say, it's just beginning yes. with the yes. Democratic side. So we're going to keep our eyes on it. And I thank you once again for sharing your wisdom I'm and I'm still insight. buying popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Hang in there. And thank you for joining us again for another Battleground PA podcast. This was Battleground PA. Be sure to rate and subscribe to us so you don't miss a beat. Have an idea for an episode? Tweet us at Battleground PA or email us at topics at battlegroundpa.org. Meanwhile, stay in the know between episodes on penlive.com. Battleground PA is hosted by PenLive's opinion editor, Joyce Davis, and is produced by Penn Studios director, Salim Michelle McClouf, and edited by Martin Boutros. More info and past episodes can be found at battlegroundpa.org.